1: Roll call, Mouseketeers. Did you wish upon a star? Did your dream come true? If it had to do with your pick for the best Disney movie, we're about to find out, because this episode of The Great Pop Culture Debate takes on the best Disney animated feature. I'm your host, who is both a lady and a tramp, Eric Resniak. I'm joined by my panel of Disney-loving adult children. If you're a Toy Story fan, you've got a friend in her, please welcome Amy Pilot.
0: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: You've got it. Much like Sleeping Beauty, she is no fan of little pricks. Give it up for Kate Reculia. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that. And certain as the sun rising in the east, it's Beauty and the Beast aficionado Michael Schwartz.
2: Hi, guys. Sitting here in my Eeyore is my spirit animal t-shirt and my Lego Cinderella's castle right behind me.
1: And I'm wearing a Wolverine t-shirt. And he's technically a Disney princess now. So we are all decked out in fine attire. So first, let's go over how this works. We made a list of every Disney animated feature film, from 1937, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves up to 2020's Onward, the most recent release when we recorded this. We included any films that Disney was involved in producing or distributing, so that includes Touchstone films, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or Pixar films, like basically everything, and we included traditional, digital, and even stop motion animation. We had just shy of 100 people take the survey to find their favorites, and the top 32 vote-getters were ranked by popularity, added to a bracket, and our panelists made their decisions. Now we argue about it and insult each other for your amusement. Want to follow along at home and make your own choices? You can find all of the brackets, including the one for this episode, at greatpopculturedebate.com. So before we get to the actual debate, we're going to quickly go over the unanimous victors for round one. The Lion King trampled Wreck-It Ralph like a herd of stampeding wildebeest. The Little Mermaid made sure Zootopia would not be a part of our world. Beauty and the Beast made sure that Peter Pan and his lost boys stayed lost, and Sleeping Beauty left inside out fans with just one feeling, depression. So now we're going to move on to the debates. We have number 1 seed Toy Story up against number 8 seed Cinderella. Michael, you were you wanted to put a slipper on Cinderella. Why?
2: Well, I mean, this is classic Disney. And as much as I enjoy Toy Story, it's not the best out of the franchise as far as I was concerned. So for me, this was a no-brainer. Cinderella, 1950. It's classic Disney. It's the first film that they put out after the end of World War II that really makes a success for the studios. Um, you have all of the big people working on it. It gets an Academy nomination for music. You, it gives us bibbidi boppity boop When You Wish Upon a Star. You know, it, this really is just like everything that encompasses um, traditional Disney as far as I'm concerned. And when I was looking at my bracket, it's one of the few traditional Disney, like classic Disney films that I was able to move forward um, in my brackets for me because there were just so many better in Disney Rebirth in the 90s or the Pixar films and that kind of such. But, you know, when it came down to it, Cinderella beats Toy Story hands down.
1: Interesting. So, Amy, you wanted to get some more playtime with Toy Story. Why is that?
0: I do, I do. And I love Cinderella. It is a great fairy tale, but Toy Story has something for everyone. Find a kid, find a grown up that doesn't like either a cowboy, a space ranger, Mr. Potato Head, Dinosaur, Nursery Rhymes, Army men. I mean, this had something for everyone. It's not a love story. It doesn't make my son go Bleh, a princess movie. <laughs> Everybody is involved. It is funny. Tom Hanks. I mean, Hanks.
1: International treasure
0: yeah, I mean, really. And it was Pixar. I mean this I, I agree that maybe some of the other toy stories are you might appreciate more, but this was the original, and if it wasn't for the original, you wouldn't have two, three, or four. So to me, this was the birth of and it's I mean, toys, toys living and playing, like this got every kid's imagination going that when they'd walk out of their playroom. Their toys are coming to life. This is like just, it developed a whole thought process for kids and adults. And I don't know. I love everything about this movie. It's fun, it's funny, um,
1: it's toys. It's toys. Um, it's interesting, Michael, that you said that this was one of the few classic ones that you moved forward because I found myself moving more the classic ones forward than the modern ones. And this was the one area that I didn't and, and nothing against Cinderella. But we currently have three votes for, for Toy Story, one Cinderella. Anybody want to change their vote?
3: No, no. I would just like to also say, Amy, there are a handful of films that I saw in video that after I watched them, I immediately watched them. Again, and Toy Story is one of those movies. Like it just blew my mind. It is the beginning of modern computer animation. Cinderella is a great movie, but yeah, Toy Story. <laughs> yeah,
1: Michael, you're not tra- changing your mind. You're sticking with Cinderella.
2: I'm going to stick with Cinderella. And the only two things that I got to say about um, about what Kate was saying was that sorry that what Amy was saying was that one you wouldn't have Toy Story without Cinderella, and. Um, Do we really talk about Toy Story 4?
1: No, let's not talk about (laughs) Toy Story 4. It never happened. It was a fever dream. Um, All right. So with three votes, Toy Story moves forward. Sorry, Michael. In this case, you turned into a pumpkin.
2: I've been called worse. (laughs)
1: Number four seed up has three fourths of the votes over number five seed Hercules. I'm going to speak on behalf of Herc. So Hercules is a movie that I remember seeing in the theaters. And as I mentioned in the warm up show, I feel like a lot of the late 90s Disney movies didn't get enough credit. And I was one of them. I was just like, eh, it's fine as a homosexual man, I rewatched the movie in my thirties and I was like, this movie is fucking great. Um, the muses, I really feel like the conversation should stop with the muses. They're amazing. The music in Hercules is my, in my estimation, pound for pound, one of the best soundtracks in, in Disney history. Super stoked that they're apparently doing a live action version of it. Now they better not screw up the muses. Um, I don't think that Hercules has a weak point. It's got a great villain in Hades. I actually really like the female protagonist. Um, Hercules himself is kind of a great, unassuming hero character. And I think the animation style is very cool. Do I understand why people are putting up over it? I do, but I had to say my piece about why I like it. So Michael why up
2: why up now i'm going to say that hercules is a great mi- movie i love hades mm-hmm. i love it and especially since um the great disney family songbook sing along and ariana grande doing i won't say i am in love oh, oh my god Ugh. it it's it really that is what's one of the things that has changed my life recently however
1: i'm cavelling
2: up up gets me for a couple of different reasons there is not a disney film that you can make it through the first couple of minutes without crying like up okay that opening montage of up is such a pluck at the heartstrings it really gets to you two we were all russell at some point or another in our lives we were all that little eager beager kid especially all of us on this podcast being disney freaks like we are (laughs) we were all russell at one another i quote the dog more often than i do some (laughs) other things you know i will run up to people and say i love i just met you but i love you (laughs) <laughs> like you wouldn't believe. And for me, here is the big like the big thing that keeps me coming back to up and up and up and over a while. It is the one acceptable answer when kids at school come up to me and say, hey, mister, do you know who you look like? <laughs> and without, without fail, they all tell me that you look like the old guy from up. And I'm like, I can live with that. I literally can live with that. If you want to call me Carl any day, I am very happy with that.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. So we currently have three votes for Up. Uh, does anybody else want to swing over Hercules' side? That sounded like a come on, but you know what? Um, I'm into it. Go for you, it, Kate. You
3: made a very compelling case. And like, there's something to be said be- be- uh, for a movie that like, I feel like is only gaining momentum now, right? Like Up is sort of like, it's established. I feel like people just are like, this is a great movie. But people love Hercules, like mm-hmm. in a deep personal way, the way that I love Robin Hood, Um I'm not going to change my vote, sorry.
0: Did we go see it together?
1: <laughs> we may have. We, we may did. have seen Hercules together.
0: And, and I'll I'll jump in and just say that I'm listening to you. I, I Like, I could. Like, I don't know. Because using that bar of, like, do I watch it again? Even my kids would rather watch Hercules on any given day than Up. I love Up because it's so emotional and it's so beautiful. But... Everyone loves Hercules too. And and I don't know.
3: I've, Hercules like,
0: is a romp.
3: It feels like one is a film and one is a movie. And I say that without there being like a like a value judgment between one or the other. They're just slightly different aims, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I hear that completely. It totally makes sense to me. And um, I, I agree with moving up forward. I'm, I'm just glad that we all take a moment to appreciate Hercules because I do think it was underappreciated its time. And Kate points out it is now gaining steam culturally. Same way with Mulan, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it's it's nice to see. So we advance up to round two. Goodbye, Hercules. Uh, it, Kate is the... Oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Sorry. I just wanted to throw in there real quick that this is going to happen a lot because no matter what we've all <laughs> chosen, we have an argument for why the other side is just as good.
1: For sure. It, it, that's actually true. There's only like two things on here where I was just like, really? No. But for the most part... <laughs> It's great.
0: We don't have to to discuss inside out, so it's fine. (laughs) It's true. And that was one of the
1: ones. uh, Yeah. Uh, So Kate is the only one who wanted to swim with the fishes via three seed finding Nemo. The rest of us preferred six seed Tangled. Uh, Mm. Kate, why don't you speak on finding Nemo first?
3: Uh, I mean, Tangled is great. Tangled is a great movie. I'm going to say something um, that is uh, controversial. I don't love Flynn Rider. I don't. I know. I get it. I get it. I get it. Big gasp! Oh, I get it. I get it. Oh, I get it. He's, he's just trying a little hard. And
2: no, um, no, um, no. So, I will say. I won't say this very often, but you're wrong.
3: Wrong. <laughs> I, I, I accept that. I accept that I may be wrong. Um, but in the same way that, like, I quote Doug in Up, I quote Dory a lot in Nemo. Um, I think also. This doesn't hold water because Tangled is a beautiful movie. Um, just aesthetically beautiful. Nemo is an aesthetically beautiful movie. I just like it better. I just like it better. I don't have much of an argument for this one. So <laughs> I am just going to roll over here. Although my main argument is, I guess, like, Flynn Rider's like, it's just like, I, I just, it's no Robin Hood.
1: <laughs> so, hey, first of all, let me say I cherish the fact that you are sticking to that and you are entitled to your wrong opinion. Thank you. <laughs> It's funny because, to me, I feel like Flynn Rider is probably up there with Robin Hood as, like, the best Disney rogue protagonist.
3: He's, like, Disney rogue TM. Like, there's something about it that's too performative for me. I don't... Mm. Okay, I-,
1: I can buy that. Yes. I'm going to speak on behalf of Tangled, and my argument for this movie really comes to, I it kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like I was not expecting Tangled to be as good as it was, and I took my niece, who I want to say was around four at the time, to see that movie, and um, we were. I remember we're watching the lantern scene where they're setting the lanterns off over oh. the lake. It's really beautiful. It's it's lovely, and um, she. I I said to her, I was like, what do you think this movie is telling you, Addison? And she's like, that I don't need a man. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Good job. Um, And I, I love that, that like, she doesn't Rapunzel does not need Flynn Rider to save her. She's got a plan. She's making things happen. And I, there's a lot to love about that movie at that point. Mandy Moore had kind of fallen into obscurity a little bit. She's back now, obviously with this is us, but I've always had a little bit of a, a girl crush on her. And I think Tangled's a really lovely movie. And I was glad to see that most of the other people on the podcast appreciated it too.
0: Okay. I'll change my vote. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> you don't have to. Listen, because Nemo is fantastic. Absolutely. Like Nebo is so good and so fun and so friendly, but Tangled, the music, the humor, like it's, it's, again, I I have a little girl. So these princess movies can get really um, dull and I have to like find a silver lining in some of them. Tangled, you don't. And Tangled, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this is great. This is great. She's strong. She's, she's amazing. And if Bibi Neuwirth is not, Mother Gothel in the live action of this one day, and they're gone wrong. Mm,
2: True. What I appreciate about these is actually this was supposed to be the start of a new line of Disney movies where they retake some of these because you were supposed to get um, gigantic, the retelling of Jack and the Beanstalk after Tangled, which was the retelling of Rapunzel. There was supposed to be a whole series, but I think that that kind of got pushed by the wayside.
1: Because of Pixar?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not quite sure what the actual reason was, but Yeah
1: i assume frozen is part of that series too though because it's very similar
2: yeah i think it it was in that too but there were supposed to be more
1: and frozen had a very long gestation period like that was Mm. pushed back for years Tangled
0: was actually like the longest and the most expensive of any of them really yeah they had issues with the copyright i guess with the storytelling and and i mean they had to go back and back and back the animation was different they spent a it, I believe it is possibly still the most expensive animated feature film ever.
1: Wow. Well, you heard it here, folks. That, that's we're, we're walking the children through nature. We're educating them. <laughs> uh, so we still have three votes for Tangled to one for Finding Nemo. Kate, are you going to change your vote or are you going to stick with Nemo?
3: I'm going to stick with Nemo because I inked, but... Um... <laughs> 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 <joke>. I inked... <laughs> And but 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 saying that Tangled is a good movie and Flynn Rider sh- shouldn't ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we
1: have number two seed Moana, which is set to advance over number seven seed Fantasia. Kate, you were the one who wanted Fantasia. Talk to me.
3: All right. I'm a die on this hill. Okay. Moana is a great movie. It is a great movie. It is a great movie in many ways for how it is a different kind of princess movie. She's so determined. She goes out on her own. She lives her own life. Like, I love that about it. Fantasia almost isn't a Disney movie, or you can look at Fantasia and see an alternate Disney history. It is so beautiful. It is so complicated. There's so many different styles of animation coming out of one house at one time. Like, it is it is my favorite. Okay, I said Robin Hood was my favorite Disney movie. Robin Hood is my favorite Disney movie. Fantasia is my favorite Disney film. Mm. It is just unbelievably technologically advanced because of the things that Disney animators worked on, learned making that. Like, all of Disney is possible from there honestly. Yeah. So that is why <laughs> when I was coming coming up with my with my picks, I was like personal feelings, obviously that's something that goes into it. Artistic cohesion, music, visuals, animation, voice work, all these things kind of working together. And is this movie an inflection point in the in what Disney is as a company and what Disney is as a as like a, a creator of popular art? And Fantasia is it, like it's all of those together um, so that's my case for Fantasia <laughs> and Moana it's a strong case thank you again it's good but it is not it 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 does it does not have all of those things to the same degree that Fantasia has
1: all right Amy you're gonna talk to us about Moana I know you're you're jumping at the bit.
0: <laughs> I, I am I am because I love I love this movie and again this goes I mean this is kind of like my my feelings about Toy Story are also about Moana and it's maybe a little bit more of a, a girly movie, but it's not. I mean, it's not. there's no love story in this. There's no love story. And like that to me for a kid's film is really important. And I'm not saying that animated films have to be kid's films, but I have to sit through them with my children. So it makes it awkward sometimes, but there, this is a strong girl who goes out. She meets this strong guy and they, have, they need each other to figure it out and he doesn't believe in her and she doesn't like it's it's so fun and Lynn Manuel Miranda like this is where Disney was like okay we're we're going to keep it going we're going to stay up with the times and they upped their music game one more time and I know we spoke about this in our previous discussions about Pocahontas but they got it right on the cultural aspects of this film. Yes. They did their homework. Mm-hmm. They really made sure that they were paying the proper respects to Polynesian mythology, which is where the story comes from, and it's just a beautiful, it's a different, it's a different story. It's it's so fun. And the giant crab is so sparkly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I have to say um, I I know I promised that I would watch Moana before this and I didn't get to it so I'm I know there you go. so I'm gonna abstain from this particular vote because I don't feel like I have all the data in front of me. In my defense, I did try to watch it, and Ryan's like, "I already saw that. I'm not watching it again." Okay, then we don't end up watching Black Cauldron.
2: Um, right choice, right choice. Sorry. <laughs> so are you saying are you saying Eric that you're pulling your vote out and it's really a two to one? Vote now? that
1: is what i'm saying with this caveat i haven't seen moana so i can't speak to it but i thought kate did a brilliant job explaining why fantasia is such a unique and powerful disney experience and there really is nothing like it um and it is art it, it is like capital A R T. bob the drag queen going through the workroom art 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 another art,
3: art, art. thing that i thought of that mickey in the freaking sorcerer hat like iconic iconic yes. disney. yeah that is yeah. iconic yeah
2: Go to yeah. Hollywood Studios and it's the first thing you see now. Mm-hmm.
0: But not anymore. I,
2: I think I'm I, I think I'm going to upend the Apple cart here mm-hmm. because this one was a really hard one for me because I really do love Moana. Mm-hmm. But as I'm sitting here and I'm looking up on my wall, I had something framed for Christmas, which was my villain's postcard <gasps> with all of the 10 villain bowling ball pins around it. And I have had a thing for Chernobog and the Night on Bald Mar- Mountain Chernabog. forever. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm flipping and I'm going with Kate on this one. I got to switch <gasps> from Miranda yes! to Fantasia.
3: Yes! Oh, my gosh. Oh. Okay. There's just, like oh, little, Amy. There are cartoon centaurs and pegasi just like dancing around me right now. They're
0: so happy.
1: <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> but aren't you nervous about what The Rock is cooking?
1: He can cook wherever he wants, wherever he wants to cook it. Is (laughs) I'm saying, Dwayne, my door is open. (laughs) Thank you, Mike. You can hook me however you want. All right, so that means in an upset, we are moving Fantasia ahead of a number two seed Moana. Scandalous. We're going to move on. Three out of four of us want to visit Halloween Town with five seed night before Christmas Nightmare before Christmas. Amy, you picked four seed Lilo and Stitch. Why?
0: I'm I'm gonna make this really easy for you guys. I I just actually don't like Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. It's it's cute. I like it. My kids like it. I, I will say Stitch is a very cute alien and he makes you like be like, oh, she thought he was a dog. That's so funny. But I just don't like Nightmare Before Christmas at all.
1: And that's fair. There I mean, it is a very distinct property, right? And it's not going right. to work for everybody. Um, Kate, defend Nightmare before Christmas for me,
3: so this is going to be a very interesting defense because I like Nightmare before Christmas, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I, I love it. I don't love it. <laughs> I respect it more than I. Then I love it. And part of that is because as a young person, I saw Beetlejuice and the like sand, the desert sandworms, whatever, scared the ever loving bejesus (laughs) out of me. I just I I like scary things like I loved uh, Return to Oz. I love the Black Cauldron. I love um, the Dark Crystal, all that kind of like gothic scariness, but something like the clown scaring aspect that you see a lot in Uh, the Tim Burton aesthetic kind of like squicked me out. I didn't love it. Um, So I didn't see *Night Before Christmas until I was a lot older, but it also, it's another one of those like inflection points in terms of like what Disney is as a company, what Disney can bring to the world of animation. And like, you just cannot like nothing looked like that before that. Right. Like Henry Selick, just like what he was doing and you know, what is it? Frank and weenie, the shorts that he made with Tim Burton, like that was just a new way of thinking about stop motion animation. And it's so charming. It's so good. Like, and you don't get Coraline without that. You don't get Paranorman, which I love Paranorman. Yes. It's such a good James
1: movie. and the giant peach.
3: Yep. The giant peach. Like, yep. It's they're beautiful. Again, it's that kind of artistry pushing the medium forward, which is my favorite part of what Disney can do when they push the medium forward. Um And it's just like real weird. It's just like real weird. It gave goths like wonderful things to buy at hot topic. And it still gives them great things to buy at hot topic. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's it's true. That is a great point. Um, I was shocked. I mentioned that show Prop Culture in the um, preview show, but um, they did an episode of Nightmare Before Christmas, and I didn't realize how long that story had been gestating with Tim Burton. I assumed he came up with it when he was like doing Beatles or whatever. First Mm -hmm. of all, I didn't realize he was an animator or worked in the animation department of Disney on Fox and the Hound, which blew my mind. Wow. And then- um, he was drawing Jack Skellington exactly as he appears in the in Nightmare Before Christmas in like 1980. Um, so that was very wow. interesting to me. Like he, he, that was a long time coming. I agree oh, yeah. that I don't actually love the movie as a story, but I love the concepts. I love the the look of it. I, I think there's a lot of really amazing aesthetic parts of it. It actually surprises me that they've not done anything else with the um, property since. I, I'm baffled by that because it seems like a, a no brainer for them to do something else. Um, but it, it's uh, I, I advanced it.
2: I'm sorry. I just got to jump in here because apparently I'm the only person on the panel that loves 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 this movie this is an <laughs> at least annual if not biennial watch in my household this is a requirement to watch it at, at christmas time for me this and is arbor a day this is a christmas movie for me along with diehard that's another conversation um about this but like this is like my favorite. And I think that I loved this movie from the beginning. My favorite thing about this movie is in, oh, I want to say 2008, 2009, MoMA did an entire Tim Burton exhibit where you got to see all of his work on all of this. And it was just absolutely fascinating. I spent three hours walking through three rooms looking at everything tim burton had ever done and nightmare before christmas is just inspired and you're right it gives us frankenweenie and and it gives us uh, paranormal and it gives us caroline and corpse bride that we really don't talk about but you know it's just it is it is a wonderful take on it's and even a little bit of slapstick humor goes into this in terms of how absolutely ridiculous the story can be at times
1: Oh, it's very slapstick. Absolutely. Amy, um, are you swayed? Or are you going to stick with Lilo and Stitch? I,
0: <clears throat> I, I, you can stick. I'm gonna, it's fine. I'm going I'm s- to stay with my weird little alien because he's cute. Stay he's with you. sweet. That's
1: fine. <clears throat> he's
3: just very sweet. We, Ohana means family. <laughs>
1: it does. Ohana so, means family. <laughs> We are still advancing Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, The next batch was Three of Us Would Not Let Go of Three Seed Frozen, and only Michael preferred Six Seed Big Hero 6. Michael, go for it.
2: You know, gentlemen prefer blondes. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) Frozen is a great film, and, you know, it has some of my favorite people in it, and the voices are great and everything. But literally, when it comes to just Frozen – the only thing that you ever walk away thinking about is let it go and i you know i love the song but there are just points that i'm like i'm like the parent of a toddler i'm done i can't hear it one more time but big hero 6 is something that i've been able to sit down and watch again cuz like who doesn't love baymax seriously big white fluffy ball of love that he is you know and this whole story like hero's story of growing up and living in the shadow of his brother and how much he loves his brother and when he loses his brother it just it there's no music to set to the how much this one pulls the heartstrings, similar to like up for me is like it just has such an emotional visceral reaction to it that i don't get from frozen that you know yeah i'll sing let it go and maybe on occasional hum if you want to build a snowman but i i just don't keep coming back to it like i do with big hero six
1: interesting and i believe correct me if i'm wrong but big hero six is the first disney marvel movie
2: maybe i have to go back I, and check I, that one it
1: is definitely a marvel movie it was actually a very it was like a, an f-list x-men spin-off series in the 1990s early 2000s um and I believe it was coming out right when the Disney takeover happened with Marvel. Um, I'm going to speak on behalf of Frozen. True facts, I had never seen Frozen until last November. So that was 2019. Never seen it. And uh, I was like, you know, I should probably watch this movie. The sequel's coming out. And we got Disney Plus and watched it as soon as we got Disney Plus. I thought it completely stood up to the hype. I thought it was again beautiful movie gorgeously animated but i disagree michael i think actually what i love about frozen is it was not a storyline i was expecting i loved there was it was about sisters it was about taking care of your family it was about what it's like to be an outsider and really go through that struggle i know a lot there's very controversial opinions, the LGBT community, which I'm a part of projecting a lot of stuff onto Elsa that maybe isn't actually Canon. Right. But I, I felt, um, It was a movie where I thought I was very much seen, and it really resonated with me. I think the music in Frozen, again, I mean, this is an obvi. Yeah, let it go. But I think actually there's not a bum song in that that movie. It sure is not. (laughs) It's so good. It's across the board. (laughs) And um, I I think it actually holds holds up very well. I also, I know some people found Frozen 2 to be rather controversial. I loved it. I thought it was great.
2: I thought Frozen 2 was better than Frozen.
1: And I thought that the Christmas special was also really good. So, uh, like, I f- there's sometimes where some things get blown up and blown up, blown up, and you watch them and you're just like, really, this is what everyone's so excited about. For me, Frozen lived up to the hype, and I I thought it was bit as good as everyone told me it was going to be.
3: My favorite thing about Frozen. Is that it is a Disney movie that explicitly deconstructs the like harmful I just met you, we're in love, you're a good prince. I was like, he's an evil prince, yes. Yes. Like it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) He
1: was the total angel to her buffy. It was very true. Yeah,
3: but like Love Love is an open door is such a good song. Especially in the context of like the way that the musical, the way that the songs work as musical songs, right? Like it's just such a great, it's so great.
1: Mm. It is, it is. And also, we would be remiss if we did not point out Christoph is Bay. Yes, like he
3: is. Christoph <laughs> is
1: very hot. Yeah. I was just like, okay, yes, please come on up with your reindeer sometime. Oh, um,
2: so well, I mean, they do have the 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 gay character in there.
1: The gay character
2: the What's um that? I can't remember his name at the moment, but the guy that runs yes. the trading post,
0: yes,
1: oh, is he gay?
2: Yes, because he says, look at my family, and when you look inside, there's a another man with kids inside.
1: I somehow completely we- missed that, but
2: it's okay, you're pretty,
1: yeah, right, um, well, there you go. so Michael, are you sticking with Big Hero Six?
2: Yeah, I'm sticking with big Hero six. It's
1: fine, Frozens still advancing. <laughs>
0: And I will, I will say that, I mean, I'm going to stick with Frozen because at the end of the day it is Frozen and it is, it is amazing. But Big Hero 6 is so fun and Baymax is like my kid's state puff marshmallow man. I mean, he's so fun and cuddly and it's just, and there's science. And like, I don't, I feel like a lot of kids' movies don't get into like this, these are a bunch of geeks. And they save the world. And I believe, I believe that the quote is like, we are not meant to be superheroes, but sometimes you just are or something along those lines. And yeah, felt, something along those lines. And, and like, that was awesome for a bunch of little scientist kids to become superheroes that save the world. Um, much like Elsa didn't mean to be ruining the world with her ice. <laughs> so you don't always plan for these things. But I'm going to stick with Frozen, but I'm going to give it to you that this was a hard one for me.
1: Well, we're going to advance Frozen. Sorry, Michael. That's okay. Moving on, only Kate had number 8 seed Robin Hood stopping number 1 seed Aladdin's Magic Carpet Ride. Kate, explain yourself.
3: You know, uh, Robin Hood, as I said when I was talking about Fantasia, Robin Hood is the Disney movie that I watch the most as a young person. I was born in 1980, and we had the Disney Channel, so it was just on all the time. And I think that I just gravitated toward it because... It's like a chicken and the egg, right? Like, or the horse or the cart. That's not a phrase that people say um, like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I love stories about groups of people, communities of people who are having adventures like the Goonies. And like, that is kind of what Robin Hood is. It's an ensemble story with personified animals in the Robin Hood mythos. And like Robin Hood the fox. It's a very attractive fox. I cannot think of any other (laughs) Disney movie that has an anthropomorphized male clothes wearing animal character that has quite the sex appeal that Robin Hood does. And I did not necessarily put it in those terms as a young person, but I was like, I like him. <laughs> like, why do I like him? So, so like, I just, I feel warmly towards this. I, I do not identify as a furry, but like by all, by all <laughs> means, like to anyone who does like more power to you. And if this was get the your life that, that opened that door for you, then I see you friend. <laughs> I do. It's just funny, right? It's a really funny movie, like The Emperor's New Groove, which I—we're fr- going to talk about it someplace. Like, Life I feel next, like, yeah. yeah, I feel like sometimes, like the Disney comedies don't get love because they just like comedy, like comedies and romantic comedies as genres don't get love, right? They don't get that kind of stamp of authenticity or legitimacy. Um, but yeah, Robin Hood is just a funny movie. I like
2: it.
1: <laughs> it. It absolutely is. And I, like I said, I'm the one who who put it through to the eight seed. Uh, but I like Aladdin to me is a no brainer. I barely even feel like I need to explain
2: this. You don't.
3: Well, it is another comedy too, right? Like, <laughs> it, Yeah, it
1: is, but it is peak Disney Renaissance, right? Like it is right up there. And in, in my opinion, like the, the triple crown jewel of mermaid Aladdin and beauty and the beast. I think it ticks off every box to me every box it is again great music great animation great story everything about it is good wonderful villain in Jafar great sidekicking Iago um to me it, it was a no-brainer I love Robin Hood but it just can't compete with Aladdin yep. so correct are you gonna stick with Robin Hood Kate
3: I am gonna stick with Robin Hood and I'm also gonna say that like I feel like Aladdin is unique in that it is one of the first, like that is one of the great Robin Williams performances, right? And that yes. was when people were like, oh, famous actors and performers can actually also perform in animated films. Oh, yes. yes. Like that was a big kind of watershed moment. So by my own rubric and metric, that does push the art forward. So I'm going to stick with Robin Hood because me and the Fox go way back. But <laughs> like, but yes. I see your Aladdin, and I support it.
1: <laughs> so I pushed number five seed The Emperor's New Groove over four seed Coco, and Amy's about to tell me why I'm wrong.
0: Okay, I, I, I will. I will tell you why you're wrong. First of all, like The Emperor's New Groove, really, but Coco, yeah, I love it. I, I mean, I, I don't I Coco is um, Pixar at its best. It is smart. It is funny. The music is beyond. Um, and so now I know I sit in a different boat here, but like I have little kids. And this movie came out at a time, I want to say my son was like three or four. Um, this has been our go-to in explaining death to our kids on every single occasion, where whether we're talking about somebody's pet or a relative or or the coronavirus. We go back to Coco and we talk about the ofrenda and remembering our relatives. And sorry to bring this podcast down. No, it's fine. (laughs) But uh, it was enlightening for us. It gave us a way to talk about it. Um, And and Pixar, Disney did it right. Again, like This movie was released in Mexico before it was released in the United States. Hmm. It was actually released in Mexico for the Day of the Dead celebration um, and then came to the U.S. And I remember at the time people being like, why are they doing this so far after Halloween? And everyone was like, it has nothing to do with Halloween. This is about a Mexican holiday and Mexican culture. Frida Kahlo. I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, they just... They bring it all in. They tie in the culture. They make it understandable and relatable. Um, they used all Spanish-speaking actors um, for their voices. Their voices were spot on. And it is beautiful. This movie is gorgeous. We have watched it so many times, and it hasn't been around that long. So. Yeah. Emperor's New Groove doesn't hold a candle to it. I'm sorry. No,
1: that's fine. And here's the thing. I'm fine with Coco advancing 100%. I just wanted, again, kind of like Hercules, I wanted to speak. And maybe this is kind of, as I'm saying this, I realize maybe because when I was a boy in the in the 80s, the Disney movies at the time tend to focus more on, on, on girls. But like Emperor's New Groove was another one that's not so much like the princess movies. To me, it was hilarious. I mean, David Spade is David Spade, but he's actually really good in this movie that aside, Isma is a top tier Disney villain so to me. Good. Isma so is life. Absolutely. <laughs> She's so funny. Um, and, you know, I, I cherish that we got that performance. And um, I also think that Gronk is very funny. Like they're, they're it, like, if you had to put like all of the Disney villains on a, a, a kind of line, I would put Eartha Kit and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on Putty's actual name. Um, David Warburton. Thank you. Whoa. (laughs) They are a great comedic duo. And um, I think it's a really fun movie. And uh, Sorry. Patrick. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really fun movie. It had a really cool animated style. It was unexpected for me. Like I was not expecting that movie to come out of Disney, especially at that moment in time completely agree with Coco moving forward but I wanted to say that I really and I was pleased that Emperor's New have got a five seed I expected it to not even make the bracket so the fact that it, it plays so highly was pleasing to
3: me did we did we also see it together Eric I think we did we probably
1: did <laughs> um, are people sticking with their votes is everybody else still team
2: Coco yes Kronk pull the lever time to move on yes got it <laughs>
1: Uh, all right. We were split evenly between number three seed, the Incredibles and six seed Ratatouille. Amy talk about the Incredibles
2: ladies first.
0: Superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Superheroes, 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 super fun heroes. I mean, this was just also, I, it, th- they have fun powers. They are a great family. There's great parent kid relationships. Elastigirl is hot. Mm-hmm. she's she's like she's a milf um and she owns it yeah. uh, no Oh no, no absolutely okay i like that violet has like she's a teenage girl who's got like boy problems and things going on but she's a superhero i, I just this this is such a fun movie there's no fun music it's just it's great to watch and it established Fabulous characters.
1: Yes, I think the music's really great. The horns and like it immediately grabs you. Like you are in that movie from from the jump. Uh, Michael, talk to me about
2: Ratatouille. Well, because since Kate and I are on the right side of this argument here,
3: (laughs) got our Fantasia background. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it.
2: Exactly. You know, Kate. I know Kate's got my back on this one here for us, but I, I just don't feel it for Incredibles when it comes down to it. And I feel so much for Ratatouille. You know. Remy, you know, the person, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote person, even though he's a, a mouse, that, you know, does what he really wants to do. And he will find a way to be able to cook. And I think like, literally the most like memorable scene of the entire me- movie is when Anton Ego is sitting at the, the table and he's ready to review the restaurant and everything. And he's like, oh, Ratatouille. And then he sticks his fork into it and he puts puts it in his mouth and then there's that flashback for him to his childhood home when his mom would make him Ratatouille when he was like not feeling well I mean it just it it pull, again it pulls at the heartstrings more than The Incredibles does The Incredibles is a great action movie I think but Ratatouille is a feeling movie where you actually like feel something as opposed to like a Michael Bay shock and awe kind of film like you get with The Incredibles.
1: Ah, oh, jeez. Okay, so I'm winging here because it's my podcast. Um, <laughs> I have to say, I actually watched Ratatouille for the first time on a flight this this past summer, and I thought it was fine. I did not think it was bad. I guess I'm dead inside because I wasn't moved by it in really any way. I'm
2: not moved by you it. are dead.
3: No, I I'm yeah. moved by it. Just finish your piece, Eric, and then I'll talk.
2: <laughs> That's fine.
3: Yeah. I thought to me, I was like, if
1: I like, this is a fine effort from Pixar, but it really does nothing for me. This is a case where for me, the Incredibles as a comic book fan for my entire life is the fantastic four movie. I keep wishing that Marvel would make and they haven't gotten there, but I'm not sure I really need them to, because I don't know how you're going to do better than the Incredibles. Um, it is super fun it is got such kinetic energy to it it is um uh, yes it's a it's an action adventure i wouldn't call it michael bay because it's got actually a lot of ho- a, a little heart and a lot of soul and <laughs> like it is a family drama at yeah. the center of it yes there are superheroes but there's also like Everyone in that family is dealing with their own stuff, and they're also expressing that through, you know, like running eighty miles per hour, turning invisible. Um, I I thought it was clever and a great aesthetic, like that design for that movie's killer. And to me, Ratatouille is just fine. It's predictable. It's
3: so so. It's interesting because these are both Brad Bird movies, right? Yes.
2: Yes, they are.
3: And. I actually, I The Incredibles, all these things are true. I love it. Michael Gia, Giacchino. Is that his name? The guy who is uh, does like he is the composer. It's a fantastic score. Yeah, fantastic design. Um, I I really do love The Incredibles. Um, but every once in a while, I think Brad Bird gets a little Anne Randian, <laughs> and and like so because because he puts like a lot of philosophical depth in his movies which I really appreciate but like I can buy into the philosophical depth of Ratatouille and it it speaks to me because it is about being a creative person about being an artist right and it has that you know that awesome scene with Anton Ego where he talks about I talk I use this all the time when I teach writing classes that like the like the work of the critic you know is that you have to recognize that you have very little power, right? Like that, what you say about what someone else has been brave enough to create has like very little meaning other than if you champion something that is new. And I think that is such a powerful way to think about criticism for kids. Kids can grasp that, I think. And like, and the whole thing about like, not anyone, not anyone can do a thing to sort of like the level of like a true artist, but they can come from anywhere. You don't need to be come up in some particular way to only be able to do a certain thing, right? Like, I just love that philosophy. And also, like, it's the anthropomorphic animals thing. If, 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 if at the end of the day, if I'm going to get, like, superheroes or anthropomorphic animals, Robin Hood, like, is in my soul. So I'm always going to go with the rat who, like controls the redhead by like pulling out his what (laughs) like what is that idea like but you just accept it when you watch the movie you're like yeah he just yanks on his hair and that's how he knows how to cook it's so weird and it's so committed to itself
2: no it's perfect like that
3: i love ratatouille (laughs) i I I
1: hear everything you're saying and it's funny because the arguments that you're making that are actually like landing with me are the ones about Anton Ego and if they did an entire movie based on the anti- Anton Ego character, I might actually be into it, mm-hmm. but I still am unmoved about <laughs> Remy's story, about the story of the chef like the whole time, I'm like, I want to know about this severe French woman in the kitchen I want to know her journey, like, I don't care about the this little gomer with the red hair, like, or the mice, like rats,
0: the this rats, is not- okay. this is the rats they, they, they do
2: nothing. Grow a heart, them. man, grow a heart
1: Never.
0: What, Amy? No, they do nothing for me. The little rat does nothing for me. He's they
1: just do nothing.
0: But Sebastian. The little, the little Sebastian it? is like the original chef in the kitchen. So.
1: Yes, that's oh. exactly right. And Sebastian, like, look who's on the plate, right? Yeah. He had to deal with actual threats. So it seems like oh. we're still deadlocked. Am I wrong about that? Is anyone changing their vote? Nope. Well,
2: not you're anymore. not changing your vote because your movie gets to move on.
1: That's right. I'm. I, I'm sorry. You can hate me. People who are listening, send me death threats. I'm into it. But we're moving the Incredibles on, and you can take it out in a future round. No. We are also deadlocked between number two seed Mulan and number seven seed Snow White. So, Michael, why Mulan?
2: All I'm going to do to start this off is just say, Kate Fantasia. Uh. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, know. Okay. So, can I? I you'll ahead. get your chance to argue in a okay. second, but. Okay. I mean, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is really, it. It again, it's a classic core Disney movie, and there's not a lot that I can say against it. What I can say is that I think that Mulan, I think I enjoyed better as a movie because of... I mean for me it was part of the statement that it made when it came out for me you know in it's 1998 and we're talking about the disney renaissance films at this point this is the first time that disney kind of moves off the reservation and tells a story that not many people know the story of Mulan and, you know, moving to the Far East and everything. Before this, you know, we're telling stories about Aladdin. We're telling Beauty and the Beast and we're telling The Hunchback of Notre Dame. You know, these are all stories that people are familiar with. But now Disney's moving off to that fact where now we're going to tell you the story of a Disney princess. I know that this has been sanitized and uh, everything for from the original story. But here's a Disney princess that you don't know, that you have no information about, that you don't know anything. And they tell such an amazing story out of it and you know like i i still like you. i'll make a man out of you that is just and you know reflection is just like it, it reaches into your soul i think
1: i, I don't I, I don't disagree uh i'm just gonna say before turning it over to kate that the songs in snow white reach into my soul hi ho is my theme song it, like, it's like they're singing that. to me yeah But Kate, go ahead.
3: Okay, okay. So this is going to be a little dramatic. Um, I forgot that I chose Snow White. Um, So. (laughs) so (laughs) And and I think I was thinking, and sort of, I know, like, I. Snow White is. Like, the achievement of it. No one thought he could do it, right? They were like, you're an insane person. Who would go see a feature-length film that is a cartoon? Like, what would the benefit of that be, right? And then he did it, and it was huge. And now animation is a cinematic long-form art, right? So, like, far be it from me not to vote for that.
1: Yeah, it- I'm going to jump in here, too, and say, when I was looking at this one, Mulan's a solid film. Yeah. I'm not knocking Mulan in any way. Um, But imagine being in 1937, and this guy with very little track record comes up and is like, I'm going to invent an art form, and you're going to love it. And he bet everything on it. And obviously, I was not around then. (laughs) um, Are you sure? Time travel. Well, yeah. See if you can find the real Eric Resniak. Um, but uh, I, can you imagine being a, a theater patron in 1937 and watching that on a screen? Can you even conceive of how mind blowing that must have been? We rewatched this la- like in January with my uh, partner's two year old nephew and he super loves the movie, which I was like, really? He's into Snow White. Um, but there's th- in these very long sequences of like trees blowing and them playing an organ, which for modern audiences is like, okay, oh my God, get on with it. That like organ? we like, get I can it.
3: Picture that scene. I remember that scene with all the little like, exactly. birds and things. Yeah. Yes.
1: Like, yep, yep, yes. Yep. <gasps> But in 1937, that was a flex. Like, mm-hmm. that was huge. And the artist, like, we talk a lot about artistry in here. But this was not just artistry. This was full-on, like, the creation, uh, the Big Bang, right? Um, and I, I think it is an exceptional achievement some, what, 80 years later? Mm-hmm. And it's still up there. Is it a great movie from a modern audience perspective, Maybe not, but I think it tells the tale very well. I think Snow White's a bit of a cipher character, but she's pretty <laughs> and you like her, and that's what she was supposed to be. The <laughs> witch is full on terrifying. She's amazing, yes. Icon. New, Icon.
0: Like, yeah. I'm gonna jump in for a second. I I, I kind of forgot which way I voted on this one before, and
2: um, no, don't abandon me.
0: I, I'm. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna no. go to Snow White. Um, <sighs> because because of the dwarves. Michael. Because of the dwarves, I this really is K-Pack for
2: Fantasia, it. isn't it?
0: No, I, I. The dwarves are great. The dwarves are great. There's lots of little birds, lots of fluffy animals. Kate, I mean, I know you. This is that's probably a, a turning point for you. The this fluffy is. animals.
3: <laughs> um, are there animals? Do they have personalities?
0: Yeah, are they sexy? Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, so where were both of you for Cinderella for that?
3: <laughs> Cinderella Cinderella is not I don't like Cinderella as much as I like um oh Lucifer's pretty rad. The cat's great. I,
0: I listen, that was a tough
3: one. And the
2: birds and ev- the mice Gus and Gus everybody that
0: my favorite Disney character of all time is Gus Gus. But um but Toy Story wins in that situation. Yeah. In this situation yeah, Toy I Story. I like Mulan. It's a really good movie. Um the yep. music's really good. But but yep. s- we wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for Snow White starting it all yep. off. Yep. it's the
2: Amy, same- I'm feeling really betrayed right about now.
3: <laughs> I feel like the same reason Toy Story took it is the same reason Snow White has to took it, take it, right? It I, that I agree with you. Forward. Um,
1: it is. Yep. That's exactly what it is. It is moving the art.
3: I would sing um, Make a Man Out of You if I didn't think Disney would sue us. So imagine me singing yeah. it right now.
1: There you go. Sorry, Michael Mulan is going out. Snow White is advancing another split decision. That's okay. Would you like an apple? Um, (laughs) another split decision between six seed toy story three and three seed monsters Inc. Amy's going to discuss monsters Inc. I will support toy story three. Go for it, Amy.
0: I mean, this, this movie is hysterical. Like Billy Crystal, John Goodman. And so the little backstory I was doing my research, um, Billy Crystal was originally offered one of the voices in Toy Story and did not take it. And apparently he felt it was the biggest mistake in his career. So then he <laughs> he basically snuck Not City Slickers 2. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not judge. But um but just just um snuck in here for Monsters Inc. And when you think of this movie and like just pushing laughter over fear and the power of laughter over scaring people. To me, it's so, it's, it just, it's like, this is funny, guys, and funny is powerful. And, like, that's the whole story. And they're lovable. They're lovable monsters. It makes kids not afraid. Um, The, the girl with the snake head and her sushi, like, there was adult humor. And there's, and kids, kids enjoy it because Boo is so cute. I, I. I just love everything in the monster world. And probably the one of the most underrated rides in Disneyland is the Monsters Inc ride.
1: It's interesting. I feel like I saw a completely different movie because (laughs)
0: like my
1: honest to God reaction was really a number three seed for Mm -hmm. Monsters Inc. I I distinctly remember sitting there in the theater thinking to myself, where are the jokes? Like it's, a fun-looking movie. It's got a great style. But I'm just like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something to happen here that's entertaining or funny or anything. Aww. I felt like I was watching someone's like senior digital art thesis as opposed to an actual... So, yes, that was harsh. That was really <laughs> that was mean. And I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> that yeah. is not in the spirit of this podcast. It's like corporate. Okay. And, and they, they were taking down the big guy. And teaching that there was nothing being wrong with being different. So they were all scared of little boo, but she was really okay and adorable in the end and they could all get along. I don't know. I, it touches my heart the way that Ratatouille did for other people. I don't know. (laughs) There you
1: go. There you go. Whereas for me, Toy Story three absolutely touched my heart in a very
2: real way. There is one.
1: Yes, there is. And I remember going into that movie and being a little bit cynical about it. It was like, really? Again? Toy Story 3? I should have saved those feelings for Toy Story 4. But for Toy Story 3, I thought it was – like I was blown away by this one. And again, I took my niece to see it. And I distinctly remember at the end, the end of this movie, when – he gets too old and he goes away and they give the toys away and to go to the little girl. I am bawling in the movie theater next to my niece. I'm full on ugly crying and the credits are rolling and I'm like, butch it up, butch it up, get it together. Because like, I was so upset. I was like, she's going to get, she's going to grow up and she's not going to need me anymore. And I was, it was so moved by this little animated movie and that's why i put toy story 3 up i also think the bad guy in toy story 3 is legitimately terrifying in a way that like <laughs> the bad guys in the first two are not Lotso's misunderstood that's why i voted for toy story 3 i am not however going to die on this hill
2: yes we are <laughs> eric be quiet we're going to die on this hill
0: wait wait a minute did i choose monsters inc you did you did oh oh okay. Kate. Sorry.
2: Yes, come. <laughs> Kate, please come to the... I,
0: I'm coming over to Toy Story 3. <laughs> oh, no.
3: Yes. I mean, Monsters Inc. Yes. I, really, I actually... So I don't agree with what Eric said. I think Monsters Inc. is very funny um, and very punny. It's very sort of like, exactly like Billy Crystal, sort of like, Borscht Belty, sort of humor, kind of, like, which is... It really works, right? That kind of like, stand-up, like, hey! Yeah. Um, and... And I love the idea, that message, too, of, like, don't be afraid of what's different. Like, maybe, actually, if you if you engage with it, it will make all of your lives better. And the scene, too, at the end where they're going through all the doors is incredible. It's just incredible animation. Um, but... Yeah, Toy Story 3, you know, in the moment when they're in the trash compactor and they all just like yes. prepare themselves for death. I was like, oh, yes. oh my God, okay, here we are. I was <laughs> like, right, we're going we're there. Like it was so intense. Oh, thank you.
0: Like, it's so intense. I, I mean, listen, and- I, I'm okay with this. I do love <laughs> Toy Story 3 also. Yes. Yes. Because because Barbie and Ken in this one just take it away from me. They're really
2: good. Oh my god,
3: Hilarious. yes. And and Hilarious. Mr. Prickle Pants. Um I like him a lot. But yeah, at the I, I remember I went to see it um uh, I was wearing like a th- like 3D like 3 glasses. And I remember just like weeping behind my 3D glasses and being like, this is not working. Like, what's happening? Yeah, I didn't think that anything Toy Story did after Sarah McLaughlin singing about being an abandoned toy could make me cry harder. But nope, Toy Story 3 did. Toy Story yeah. 4, not so, <laughs> not so much.
2: We don't talk about that.
1: <laughs> we don't. We don't talk about All Stars 1. Um, I will say this. Um, I do want to apologize to Monsters Inc. and the fans of it. I was way overly harsh. That was not appropriate. It is a a solid film and it is worth your love. It just was not my cup of tea. Um, so, finally, one last uh, bout for round one. Kate was the sole supporter of number seven, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, while the rest of us preferred two seed Wally. Michael, tell it to me, Swedes.
2: Well, I mean, what I think I love about Wally, it is, it's, it's, Disney's modern interpretation of a silent film, because literally for the first half of it, all like the only dialogue that you have really is Wally and Ava. That's it. That's it. And it is such an amazing story that they tell us. And then when you get to the second half and you're on the space cruiser and everything like that, and you start to see like, this is really what happens to us as a society, as a, as a civilization, the world collapses and this is what happens to us based on where the choices that we are making in it. And it is such a meaningful allegory for everything that we do. And I am not going to dismiss who framed Roger rabbit because, you know, please Eddie is like literally the core of my being at sometimes, but who framed Roger rabbit is not a Disney film. It was produced by Disney, but in my heart, it is not a Disney film.
1: Uh, all right, we're gonna let's get to that. But I will say that you mentioned this about Wally, and this is one of the reasons I support it. And well, I'm sure we'll get to this later too. But we're living in. For those listening, we are currently living through the coronavirus quarantine, and I cannot tell you how many times when I turn on the news and I see the protests that are going on right now uh, about people who who want to get out and and they're angry at the government suppressing them. I'm, I'm like we are going to wally we are, we are like so close to the ships of yes. people stuck in chairs in the sky um i think about this movie way too often for it to be dismissed but kate talk about roger rabbit
3: so uh you will get no arguments for me in terms of the uh, like those three pillars that i talked about like wally is an incredible achievement of a film um everything's working together. It's beautiful. It's sad. It's meaningful. Um, it's important. And God help me, any movie that like uses uh, like, a, like a snippet from hello, Dolly to like teach a robot how to love is like I'm always, <laughs> always going to fall for that. <laughs> always <laughs> just like crying about it, thinking about it right now. Um, I chose who framed Roger Rabbit again, because it is, it is a, an inflection point in the history of Disney and it is an inflection point in the history of animation. And it is, can I swear?
1: Yes, absolutely.
3: It is fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is a fucking weird movie. And, and in some ways, like Disney is not weird anymore because Disney is too big, right? Yeah. As a company, it cannot afford to take risks like this under that Disney banner. And you also see all the weird sort of like eighties, like, like transitioning to Eisner times, like, like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are in this movie together only together. So that like, no Disney is there at a time that Warner brothers is not there. There's Mm -hmm. just so much interesting history, like being kind of enacted in how the movie is put together. And also just it's just a weird fucking movie that's very special and when I killed your brother, I look like this. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it is a Disney movie made in a time when Disney movies could do that. Like and that is just it's not what Disney is now, but it is not not what Disney has been. And that is my argument. <laughs> it's a great argument. <laughs> and um <laughs>
1: Amy, I, I Michael, are you keeping your, your votes here?
2: Oh yeah, I can't switch on this one. <laughs> Amy.
1: So
0: I don't I don't no. love either of these, but I'm gonna stick with Wally, and here's why. We're talking about animated films. And Roger Rabbit isn't a completely ar- animated film. So I have a little isn't issue it? with that. Nope, there's <laughs> live action people in it. <laughs> it is set in live like it is Roger Rabbit he is an animated creature which is also kind of the other thing he he's animated and he talks about being animated throughout the movie right. and he and, yep. and but he's living in the the real life world and i don't want to i didn't even want to acknowledge that like it it's an animated film that's talking about being animated so i feel like we can't really include it here i don't know i just have an issue with it on this list i also don't Disney didn't really get behind it. I know that Disney made it, and I know that it. I do believe that is included in the Disney catalog, but it, to me, it's just not a Disney film.
1: It's definitely included in the Disney catalog for it sure. It
0: absolutely is. It absolutely is. It just yeah. to me, it's not in the Disney animated films that that I can really like get behind as being Disney animated films. I don't know. I just it's it's weird. It's too weird for me. Sorry, Kate. I'm sorry. No, it it is it is very weird. <laughs> I
3: was completely It's too weird for me. I in the same way that like I wouldn't even say that I loved it. I was fascinated by it as a kid. Yeah. came out with like 87, 88 yeah. and I was like, "What is this world? It is dark it's weird and weird. weird." And like it it introduced me to noir. I love noir. Um, it mm-hmm. introduced me uh, yeah. to like the, just like films about recentish history right like all the stuff it's not even really fully in the <clears> movie, <throat> movie but all the stuff about like the consp- it's like Chinatown with like animated characters right like like the idea of genre mashing yes i think that is what fascinated me about it um in ways that yeah. like other than toy story i wouldn't i've never i don't have that response to too many disney movies i have disney movies that i love and appreciate but not disney movies that i'm like what are you <laughs> tell me more about what you are
1: (laughs) it is a really audacious piece of cinema um and i'm gonna stick with wally because i do think it's it's almost depression, honestly um but roger rabbit is such a cool film and i hope that if you're listening to this podcast and you're under the age of 30 you have no idea what we're talking about go on disney plus watch roger rabbit it is bizarre. It's really kind of, like, there's parts of it that are sexy. Jessica Rabbit, like, is an icon to this day for a reason. I find Jessica Rabbit sexy. <laughs> L- read between the lines, America. We, we did um,
0: just watch it with bad. our kids. I'm just drawing that way. What did your kids make of it? We did watch it with our kids, and they were, like, just also, I think, had the same response. Like, what is this? This is not yep. what we're used to. R.I.P. that
3: little shoe that Christopher Lloyd freaking straight up murders. <laughs>
1: It's scary in parts. Yes. Like yes. we were watching some clips of it, and my my boyfriend was just like, "Honestly, the part at the end with Judge Doom is terrifying. I still have nightmares about it." Um, but so many of those '80s movies are, are also like intensely scary for children, which is a whole other topic. But I think Roger Rabbit is a really remarkable film, and so ballsy, and I have tons of respect for them for making it but I'm gonna advance Wally. So there we go. You were down to our sweet 16 for the best Disney animated feature. Did you agree with our picks? Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and find us on Facebook and Instagram and let us know what you think. Make sure to check back later this week for part two of the podcast when we tackle Frozen versus Little Mermaid, Aladdin versus Coco, Beauty and the Beast versus Sleeping Beauty, and more as we ultimately work our way down to crown the best Disney animated feature.
4: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
2: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: Laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh?
2: Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.